0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh. Take that dross, the impurities that
1: rise to the top, and scrape them off so he can have pure gold. That's the only way to get pure gold. You have to subject it to heat and pressure, and it has to be intense. And here's how the goldsmith knows he has pure gold. He sees his image reflected in it. This is exactly... What Paul is saying don't
0: fight the breaking hand of God in your life. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel kaniohe Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Second Corinthians. If you're going through some tough times then you'll be able to relate to Paul who described all his near-death experiences as simply light afflictions. Well, if your own afflictions are getting you down, the word offers hope. In today's message, Pastor J.D. shares how persecutions can actually strengthen us so that we don't lose heart. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. with his continuing study, Don't Lose Heart. Paul walked in
1: integrity before God. And for a number of reasons, chief of which was that he didn't distort the word of God in order to benefit and bless himself. What's the point? Well, the point is is that a guilty conscience Of willful sin and disobedience without exception will always lead us to lose heart and give way to despair one of the best books I ever read was spiritual depression by D. Martin Lloyd-Jones in fact it's become for me quite a reference in my library but one of the things he says in there is very interesting He says, if you have unconfessed sin in your life, you have willful sin and disobedience, there is no way that you will ever experience the peace of God in your life, and the joy of the Lord in your life. Your life will be riddled with discouragement, defeat, depression, spiritual depression, and it can lead to even despair. Well, the third reason is in verses 3 and 4, and it has to do with not taking rejection to the gospel personally. In verse 3, Paul tells them that even if their gospel is veiled, he realizes it's only because it's veiled to those who are perishing. And in verse 4 he says, the reason for that is that the God of this age has blinded the minds and eyes of the unbelievers so they can't see the light. Now this is, again, very interesting because this to me is one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, that Christians lose heart and don't share the gospel. Simply put, they've taken the rejection personally. And what happens is they just give up sharing the gospel Publicly, G. Camel Morgan of being rejected by unbelievers wrote this, The God of this world is able only to blind the minds of the unbelieving. Refusal to believe is the secret and reason of the blindness that happens to men. We talked about this last week, but this is again one of the reasons you can talk with a Jew for hours sharing the Lord with them, and they will not and don't accept it. They have the veil over their eyes. They are blinded. The good news is the day is coming soon and very soon, I believe, when that veil will be taken away by Jesus, their true Messiah. The fourth reason for not losing heart is in verse 5, and it's by making it all about Jesus and not making it all about ourself. Here Paul says that what they preach is not about self, rather it's all about Jesus. And he even adds to that that they're slaves, bond slaves, if you will, for Jesus' sake. Now at first read you might ask yourself the question, well how does preaching Christ and not self protect oneself from being discouraged and losing heart? Well, (laughs) I think you would agree that we need look no further than to one of the main causes of depression. It's a self-absorbed life, a life lived for self. Perhaps you've heard it said, that if your eyes are on others, you're distressed. If your eyes are on yourself, you're depressed. <laughs> if your eyes are on your circumstances, you're stressed. But if your eyes are on the Lord, you're blessed. I know it's kind of dorky and corny, but it's true, isn't it? You know, I've over the years, take a note of how the most miserable Christians I've ever known are the most self-absorbed Christians I've ever known. It's where we live for self instead of die to self. It's where we're absorbed by the self-life instead of the crucified life, where we crucify the flesh, we pick up our cross, we die to ourselves. And this on the other side of the table, so to speak, explains why it is that the most joyful Christians you will ever meet are the Christians who are not living for self. Try this at home. You know how we're always told, don't try this at home. No, try this at home. This is a, it's not for the faint at heart, by the way, but try this. Count how many times, especially for those of you who do prayer journals, count how many times... In your prayer, the word is I, me, myself. It's pretty convicting. I did that once. Didn't want to do it ever again, but I was flabbergasted. You know that song? It's all about you, Jesus. Liar. (laughs) Liar. Really? (laughs) You should sing, it's all about me, when it should be Jesus. (laughs) It's all about me the first person I think about in the morning is me. I am my favorite subject of conversation. Everything I do, everything I say, everything I hear, I look through the lens of how will it affect me. The self-life will surely lead to one losing heart in life. This brings us to the fifth reason, it's in verses 6 through 11, and this one is so important, and not that the other ones aren't, but really think through this with me. It's knowing why, keyword why, God chooses to break the vessel He uses. In verses 6 and 7, Paul says that God commanded the light to shine out of darkness, but Interesting, he would choose and use this glorious and grand, all-surpassing power by way of earthen jars of clay? What? Well, we're told why. It's so that it may be of God and not us. And then he says something very interesting in verses 8 and 9. He goes on to say that they were pressed, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, and struck down, but not destroyed. Now, let's be honest. If we all have a, to some degree or another, of verses 8 and 9 in our lives, to some degree, and as we're going to see, Paul infinitely more so, encountered unbelievable suffering and trials in his life. How is it that he didn't lose heart? Well, that's what he's saying here in verses 10 and 11. He says, they always carried around the death of Jesus. They had died to themselves, so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in and through their crushing persecution, their crushing trials, they're crushing, suffering. That's when the light shines, and that's when it shines the brightest for God's glory. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the greatest difficulties in the Christian life, it would be that of misunderstanding God. What do you mean? Well it's not understanding why it is that God will choose to use vessels that he himself will oftentimes need to first break. We misinterpret the breaking that comes by the hand of a loving God. I think of Gideon's army of 300 defeating the Midianite army of 135,000 by the blowing of trumpets and the breaking of vessels. That's how the victory came. That's how the glory came to God. It's interesting to note that it came after the breaking. You want to know why? Because the sound of 300 vessels breaking would have been interpreted as by the Midianites that the Israelites had at least 300,000 men. And here's how we get there. The military strategy of that day was such that each trumpet and each clay pitcher represented 1,000 warriors. Now do the math. To hear the sound of 300 would mean that the Israelites had 300,000 men. And the Midianites only have 135,000 men. That's more than twice. So what happens? Well, we're told in Judges 7 that the Midianites became so fearful, they turned on each other and slaughtered one. I love it when God does that to the enemies of His people. (laughs) So what's the lesson? Well, the lesson is quite clear. The victory comes when the loud trumpet sound of God's word is heard from God's chosen and broken vessel. And not before. And not only is it when the word of God is heard, it's when the vessel chosen by God is broken and the light is able to shine forth. It's proportionate, by the way, to the degree in which we're broken, it's proportionate to how grand and glorious the light is able to shine forth. I think of the persecuted church of Smyrna in Revelation 2, one of only two churches that was not on the receiving end of a rebuke from the Lord, Smyrna and Philadelphia. Smyrna the persecuted church, Philadelphia the evangelical remnant church, the only two of the seven churches that did not receive a rebuke like the church of Ephesus, Sardis, Pergamum, Thyatira, and of course (laughs) the famous, maybe better said infamous, Laodicea as the seventh church, all on the receiving end of a rebuke. Why wasn't the church of Smyrna on the receiving end of a rebuke? Because The crushing persecution of this persecuted church of Smyrna brought about a beautiful fragrance which, by the way, is the name, which is the nature. That's what Smyrna means. It's myrrh, though bitter, when crushed, is fragrant. And again, to the degree in which it is crushed, that's the degree in which the fragrance is released to the degree in which the vessel is broken, that's the degree in which the blessing and the victory comes. The woman could not bless the Savior until that alabaster jar containing what some believe would have been a year's worth of wages in that oil to anoint the feet and the head of her Savior. That blessing could not come until the vessel was broken. You look throughout Scripture, and without exception, the brokenness always precedes the blessing. Just as the fragrance of the myrrh comes by way of the crushing, so too the light of God's all-surpassing glory comes by way of the breaking. And yet we fight it so hard, don't we? We fight so hard against the loving, breaking hand of God in our lives. One commentator noted and quoted the famous piano craftsman Theodore Steinway, who said, it's the 40,000 pounds of pressure exerted on the 245 strings of a piano that creates beautiful harmony. Sometimes it is only the pressure, the persecution we undergo that causes a song to resonate in the hearts of those with whom we share. Paul knew this. That is why he could say good things are happening, even in our tribulation and difficulty for our hard times. Jesus shines brighter through them. Whenever I do a wedding, I always like to talk about the gold and the diamond that's set in it, as beautiful and valuable as it is, because that diamond was not always a diamond. It started off as coal beneath the surface of the earth, subjected to intense pressure and heat over an elongated period of time, and that's what brought forth the beauty and the brilliance of the diamond the same thing is true of the gold as likened unto our faith as James writes the gold has to be subjected to intense heat and so the goldsmith can take that dross the impurities that rise to the top and scrape them off so he can have pure gold that's the only way to get pure gold you have to subject it to heat and pressure and it has to be intense And here's how the goldsmith knows he has pure gold. He sees his image reflected in it. This is exactly what Paul is saying. Don't fight the breaking hand of God in your life. Well, let's move quickly here to the sixth reason in verses 12 through 14. This is a biggie. We don't lose heart because we have heaven to look forward to. In verse 12, Paul tells them that while death is at work in him, it's life that's at work in them. And then he quotes in verse 13, Psalm 116, saying that he speaks that which he believes, since they have the same spirit of faith. And in verse 14 he says, They know the one who raised Jesus from the dead also raises us with Jesus and presents him along with them also to Jesus himself. What's Paul saying here? Listen, we don't lose heart because of what we have to look forward to, namely heaven. He's saying, if we truly believe and practice what we preach, our lives will show it. If we're living our lives knowing that we have heaven to look forward to, our lives will show it. There will be a again, a fragrance if you please, something different. J.D., why is it that you're not fearful of what's happening in the world? (laughs) Because, this is why, by the way, we do prophecy updates every week, to keep that reminder in front of us that we have heaven to look forward to, that the rapture can happen at any time. That's the blessed hope. And that's what Paul is saying here. I think you would agree that it's infinitely easier to get through whatever it is you're going through when you know that you have heaven to look forward to. Knowing that I have the blessed hope that the Lord is coming, it makes the trials and the tribulations of this life easier to get through. The seventh and last reason we don't lose heart is because we're promised that the eternal glory outweighs all the sufferings of this life. In verses 15 and 16 Paul says it's all for their benefit and God's glory. And they don't lose heart. Why? Because inwardly they're renewed day by day in spite of the fact that outwardly we decay day by day. Boy, are there any truer words spoken? Just look in the mirror. (laughs) This outward body is decaying, and the hair is gone, day by day, more so. (laughs) And then he says this in 17 and 18, and I love this. It's kind of humorous in a way. He says, Our light, light, momentary troubles achieve an eternal glory, outweighing them all, which is why we fix our eyes on the eternal and not the temporal. You know what Paul's referring to when he says light, momentary? I mean, he's almost making light of the light, momentary troubles in his life. (laughs) Well, I want to close with what those specific light and momentary troubles and afflictions were that Paul experienced. And I do so to give us all, I hope, a much-needed perspective concerning the trials in our life. You ready for this? This is the light in momentary troubles. Light. keyword light. Listen. Paul says, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods once I was pelted with stones three times I was shipwrecked I spent a night and a day in the open sea I have been constantly on the move I have been in danger from rivers in danger from bandits in danger from my fellow Jews in danger from Gentiles in danger in the city in danger in the country in danger at sea and in danger from false believers (laughs) there's more light momentary troubles. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressures of my concerns for all the churches. Nine to five, I face that pressure. But this is on top of all of light, momentary Paul, how is it that you did not lose heart? I would like to believe that if I was to go through all that Paul went through, that I too would not lose heart. But I don't know that I can stand before you and say that. I mean, something goes wrong in my life, and, you know, I'm throwing my hands up. God, what are you doing? What are you doing? 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 28. That's what God's doing. The greater the crushing, the brighter the glory of God shines.
0: Thanks for listening today to In Spirit and Truth. We hope Pastor J.D. Farag's message from the book of Second Corinthians has blessed you and that you continue to seek God's hand in your life. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor J.D., simply visit our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com and click on Listen at the top of the page. You'll also find a link to subscribe to our podcast or you can download messages to share with your family and friends. Did you know you can also take in Spirit and Truth with you wherever you go? It's true. Using your Apple or Android smartphone, download our mobile app and have biblically sound messages available right at your fingertips. Links to the app are right on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. We'd also like to encourage you to find and join a local church community if you haven't already. Having a group of believers to support you and learn from God with you is a great encouragement. You too will have the chance to bless others with your own unique gifts and talents. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we would joyfully welcome you into our fellowship here at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Our weekly services focus on studying God's Word and worshiping our Creator. Service times and directions can be found by going to inspiritandtruthradio.com and clicking on Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at the bottom of the page. That's all we have for you today here on In Spirit and Truth. Be sure to join us again as Pastor JD digs deeper into the book of 2 Corinthians.